Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hi, everyone. So glad you could join us for another episode of Adweek's Most Powerful Women in Sports. I'm Lisa Granitstein, and it's here where the world's greatest marketers, media pros, athletes, and coaches share their remarkable career journeys and how they achieve peak performance. Today, we'll be speaking with Call of Duty General Manager, Johanna Ferris. And just a small housekeeping note, this conversation was recorded prior to both the proposed sale of Activision Blizzard to Microsoft in January, as well as the reports of sexual harassment and workplace misconduct. We'll talk to Johanna about her journey from the legacy sports to esports and lessons learned along the way. Before joining parent company Activision Blizzard in 2018, Johanna spent 11 years at the NFL and touched everything from marketing and fan development to licensing products and sales. And now let's dive in. Johanna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's awesome to be here. So before we dig in, can you share a little bit more about your role? Um, I know for a fact my son thinks you are super cool and is impressed and wants your job. So tell us, <laughs> tell us why. I'm excited uh, to see where he takes it. But yeah, a GM of Call of Duty is a, is a really exciting role. I stepped into it pretty recently, but I've been at Activision Blizzard for going on three years now, uh, really overseeing all aspects of the Call of Duty franchise as we know it, which is, as many people might be aware, one of the biggest gaming franchises in all of entertainment. Um, it certainly has many vectors to it. We can talk a little bit more in detail about it, but 
it's uh, it's really a mega brand and it spans not just gaming now, but it spans esports, which is really where I came into the company. It spans into broader, you know, uh, A-list talent and Hollywood type entertainment plays. It, it spans global uh, markets. Uh, pretty much every region of the globe is lit up in some way with players attaching their affinity to Call of Duty. So a real honor to, to sit at the helm of it and to drive um, new innovation forward for the franchise. That's incredible. So let's start from the beginning. I'm curious, where did you grow up? I grew up in Maryland, right outside of Washington, D.C., and I uh, spent most of my time actually on the on the East Coast and um, my parents are still there. So, you know, home is home. I'm very proud to represent the this, this strong state of Maryland. <laughs> and who or what helped shape the person you are today? What so role? many. I, I mean, yeah. there's so many. Right. And I talk about this a lot, but it really takes a village. It does. I think there's been so many elements to not just both my parents being a huge influence, my sisters as well. Um, but as I was really coming into my own as an athlete and playing many different sports, especially team sports, um, the coaches in my life, the teammates in my life, you know, the other strong women alongside me on the playing field. Uh, had such an indelible impact on how I think about a lot of the things I bring into my job on a day-to-day basis or a lot of things I think about in, as a mother, right? Right. So, so let, let's talk a little bit about that. But first, tell me, what sports did you play? I played a lot. Uh, I was involved in martial arts. I was involved in uh, soccer and basketball in particular. Uh, I really specialized in both uh, basketball and soccer, thinking that I really wanted to make a a big run at that. But I also dabbled in track and field and swimming. I did it all. It was really fun. Wow. And you also have a a music background. Talk about that. Yeah, I think uh, that really opened up for me in college. And part of it was because I wanted to explore other interests that I didn't have time to explore when I was growing up doing all the sports I was doing, right? Um, So really got involved in performing arts at at Harvard when I was there as an undergrad, um, and then pursued a singer-songwriter career shortly after that. I still sing, very involved with my church community, and, 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 you know, always really involved in finding a creative outlet that way. But uh, it's been really cool to find the balance of all the things that I'm interested in. So that's, that's amazing that you've had, you know, such a sports, an extensive sports background, you have music, you're a parent, all of these things combine to, to enhance, we'll say, inform your leadership style. Would you agree with that? Is there one, one that kind of is a little bit higher than the other? Or how do they all work together? They just do. I think it's tapping into different, you know, places from which I've drawn either strength or discipline or focus. And there's really not a day that I think uh, I go through where I'm not drawing from the well as what did I learn on the field as an athlete? What did I learn about, you know, what it takes to perform as a musician and, and sort of the show must go on. I mean, the amount of times I've said the show must go on just in building the Call of Duty League in the last two and a half years, right, especially yeah. with the global pandemic. Yeah. Um, it's really fascinating. I also think just culture setting, you know, the, these things that we often lose track of sometimes in the conversation around resume building or the traditional ways we think about career development. So much of it is, you know, you have to think about the whole person and give people on the team space to also tap into the interests they may have beyond the metrics of the day, right? And so boundary setting, 
you know, enabling parents on the team to be parents, enabling musicians on the team to tap into the creative outlet, because actually doing that will help them perform better Mm -hmm. in the job as well. Right. So that's something that's really important to me. Yeah. And knowing when to pass and when to score also. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to hear a little bit about the NFL. Um, You were there for 11 years. You did a ton of different things. Uh, Did you have, did you go to business school? What was your background? I did not. And it's so interesting you asked that question because I thought that that's exactly what I was going to do after spending a few years initially um, in entry-level positions at the NFL. And of course, that's sort of the track, right? That's the that's the traditional thing one might do is go back to B-school. And the reason I didn't, I remember I had a good conversation with another friend of mine who also decided not to go back to B-school. We were like the lone two um, sort of deciding to, to do something different is predominantly because I was um, doing two things. Uh, I was in the industry and in particular in a company, meaning the NFL, that I wanted to already be in. So a lot of times you go to get the MBA because you're either thinking about making a transition or you want to make that leap after you get the degree. But I was already sort of sitting in the chair and having really um, affirming experiences and learning on the ground sort of in real time. The second thing is even more specifically, at that time, I had the ability to play a key role in some of the major deals that we were getting done in the consumer product side and working with the Nikes of the world and the fanatics of the world and all kinds of different um, heavy hitters in addition to just deal making in my role in CP at the time, consumer products. So I really just did the analysis and I said, look, I'm, I'm able here to really see and drive billion dollar deals for the, one of the biggest, you know, sports leagues on the planet in the industry that I'm passionate about to leave, to learn about, you know, that craft just felt like a step that was unnecessary, frankly, versus what I was just getting on the ground and and, and getting those reps. Did you do all this fearlessly? You know, I, it's an interesting question, I guess, to a degree. Yes. I did not second guess you know, should I be in this room? Am I too junior for this, you know, type of work? You know, I think there was just a sense of humility, of course, to be able to be a part of a team that was really driving that forward. But um, for those who might be listening in, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, Clifton Strengths Finders or Disc Assessments, anything that you do to sort of learn about your, your personality type of work. And one of my top five is Learner. And so for me, it's oftentimes, am I learning in this job? Am I learning in this opportunity? So the fearlessness was also, I think, less about bring all this confidence, but more, man, if I'm just in this this room and my content is really strong and I'm really cued in, the amount of learning, the amount of exposure, the amount of network effect that I'm going to get just by being a part of this this run at it um, is going to really expand me. And that's exactly what's happened over and over and over again. So I think it was more the, the learning mindset that helped. So with that in mind, um, what was the learning experience in becoming a leader at the NFL? We'll start there. Sure. And, then, and then we could transition, of course, to Call of Duty. Yeah, I think two things. And one we touched on earlier, which is boundary setting. I think this is critically important. And I remember when I was taking on my first vice president job at the NFL, it was also intersecting with the time when I was having my first child. And so I was taking on this huge new role, not as an individual contributor, but actually as the manager of people 
And how do you build teams, high-performing teams at that in a time where you're also being pulled in a totally different direction outside of work? And so boundary setting was really important to say, look, I want to be able to model the behavior that I would want to see in a leader, which is creating the space to go home maybe an hour earlier than I usually would because I have to go pick up my son at daycare, right? Like there's just realities instead of burning the midnight oil on both ends, exhausting myself, not being able to um, have the energy, frankly, to manage my time well. And so I think boundary setting was critically important from the start so that my team could understand these are my priorities, family and this team. And to the extent that I can manage both, that's going to be important. The other piece was flexing. So what I mean by that is learning to flex my leadership style to understand how could I best support people on my team who have very different personalities, very different strengths. You know, they're not, it's not a pace setting style. It's not model what I do and you'll get promoted. It was this person may be better in a one-on-one setting. This person may be really good at public speaking and can really own the room with a lot of people. This person may be more analytical and is just really going to help us thrive through models and excels, but they don't need the mic, right? And so learning how to flex my support as a leader has really carried through pretty well. Okay. So we have our first question from the audience, which really ties into what we're talking about here. And that is, you know, what tips and advice do you have for other women regarding finding their voice in corporate America? I mean, you really had to get out there and say, no, I'm setting these boundaries Mm -hmm. and this is the way it's going to go. And Mm -hmm. your colleagues, your, you know, may or may not have liked what you were doing, but you, you created, you established that, that, uh, those boundaries. So people want to know, you know, how do you have that voice? And especially in the sports world, would you say it's any different? Um, I have not found that it's been particularly different. I've spent my time now in sports, entertainment and gaming, and all of them have this dynamic. I think a couple of things on finding your voice. It's incredibly important that, you find sponsors. And I don't mean that in the traditional way that we talk about sponsors, like somebody who's been at the company, the president of the company is gonna, you know, sure, sometimes maybe if you're lucky that happens. What I mean is really peer-to-peer sponsorship and advocacy, your boss, people who work for you, who can also, when you're not around, advocate on your behalf and vice versa. Hey, I think it's really cool that Johanna goes home at 4:30, whatever it was at that time. And that's right. really just for a year, you know, but I get it because it's her first kid. It 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 carries so much weight to have other people, especially women supporting women, really um raising our voices on behalf of each other to normalize those boundaries and to not make them the exception to a certain expected rule. So I think that's 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 a piece of it is really having a network of, of cheerleaders and advocates um, who will support you in the room and beyond the room. Um, and, you know, I think it's also just a little bit about um, the, the confidence of, of not overthinking it. And I'll get into this at the end of, yeah. you know, sometimes we just get in our heads a little bit about being perfect or winning right. the meeting. There's no such thing. You know, you're going to have good moments in a day. You're going to have terrible moments in a day. You make a hundred mistakes in the week, but, you know, pick your, your, your priorities. You don't need to be on 365 days a year, really focus on what those priorities are going to be, galvanize everyone around them and obsess them. And if you deliver on those few but mighty things, those are the things that are going to stand out, right? Those are the things that are going to really lift you up. And again, you won't be exhausted because you tried to to be everyone, everything to everyone every minute. It just, it doesn't work, I found. 
Right. So Katie Koch related to this is asking what advice do you have for women in junior level positions looking to move up in the sports world? Um, I would say that it's really important to, first of all, sort of explore, be open to maybe the unexpected role. And I use an example from my own experience. When I, going back to consumer products, I uh, originally was coming from the sponsorship and media sales side, and I really loved sponsorship. I loved selling to partners. I thought that's what I wanted to do. Um, when I was given the opportunity to come into consumer products, at first, I wasn't excited. It didn't sound as sexy. It just didn't sound like the thing that was going to resonate. It ended up being the most high impact four years that I had at that time in the NFL, the things I learned, the things I got to cut my teeth on. So sometimes I find um, there's this, this over-indexing on the title or the role and how it will look on a resume. Just be present to what's right in front of you because you never know what might open up just by delivering really good, solid work, regardless of what you had in your head of what you wanted today. And if you love it, great, it'll expand you. If you hate it, if you're young, you're up and coming, who cares? It's 18 months of your life. You can always pivot and you learn something from that experience. So I, I wouldn't get too caught up in the how it sounds or how it looks and yeah. really just make the most of it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. So what's your, and that's great advice, by the way, um, but what's your advice for winning and losing? And how, is, how has it evolved over time? Mm -hmm. Or has it? It certainly has. Um, the quickest note on that that I could say is as a uh, candidly type A personality, <laughs> um, when I would lose in, in my younger years, whether it was an athlete or in the corporate world, it stuck with me. I mean, the sting of it. I can still remember things when I was 14 about missing a penalty kick or something. I mean, just, you know, crazy things. It just, 
you, I would dwell on so much yeah. and I would only see the negative in that as you grow. And, and I think I've grown as a, as a person to accept that that is actually part of strength building. You actually really have to fall down and not mm. fear those moments in time. And then I think that the magic happens in the regroup. Okay. what did we learn from that? Okay. What did we miss there? The analysis part of that actually makes you 10 X better than if you just win all the time, then you're not trying that hard. You're not, you're really not reaching. Right. So when I jumped into esports, it was, a, it was a little bit with a, a newfound resiliency for accepting that this was going to be incredibly hard. And this was going to be something where there will probably be harder days or day, days that feel like we fell down more than we won. But I was hungry for that. Like I, th this has been some of the most fruitful fulfilling work I've ever done because of that fact. And why did you move to Call of Duty? What was it that drew you? I love the brand. I really, I'm a big believer yeah. in Call of Duty as a brand, uh, just like your son. And I love, I love a brand you know that, that yeah. has stood this, the test of time for that long. That's exceedingly rare in entertainment. Yeah. And it's also exceedingly rare in, in gaming in particular to think of something that's bigger than the box office sales of, of Marvel. And yeah you know, of Star Wars. I mean, that's how big Call of Duty really is. And it's been doing yeah. that for 17 years running. So there was appeal there. I think though, what made me want to make the jump was because there was such a new vision that Bobby Kodak, our CEO and others were setting to say, we're going to, again, we're going to try something really hard that's never been done before, which is to create the NFLs and the NBAs of Call of Duty. Um, and we need people from traditional sports. We need people from gaming. We need people from all over the world to really try to think differently about competitive aspects of the ecosystem. Um, what a cool once in a lifetime opportunity to establish new professional sports leagues of the future. And how are you going about building culture and growing talent? Um, what were you doing before in the before times, we'll call it, and before COVID? And and as you are moving forward now. Yeah, it, it's really interesting because I think so much of this is impacting every industry. Like what does it mean to support a team and, and how do we work and, and how do we spend our time? I think one of the things that I really learned was critically important in this time of being separate from my, my team for going on 18 months was um, supporting them or making presence felt in these smaller micro human interactions, have virtual happy hours, um, just a call. Hey, how are you doing? Um, a, a workout session with a coworker. I've done a couple of those, right? Like let's just do some yoga together, um, in the middle of the day, sending, um, for a big launch, let's say of a, of a new endeavor, uh, sending some folks on the team, a gift, um, that they just get in the mail randomly, some yeah. Grubhub for a team that that's been working really, really hard. Smart. And I know it sounds small, but actually those are the ones that was like, wow, okay, there, there is humanity here because Zoom is not going to be able to convey that over and over again. So, um, you know, I think really focusing on these small human touches that have gone such a long way for all of us mental, mentally. And when we think about mental health and being still mm -hmm. feeling a, a part of a team, um, has has really, I think, galvanized us. And we're excited to, of course, be back together in person. Um, but in the meantime, building a team and remembering, again, these are people, they have birthdays, they have kids, they have uh, big trips to talk about. I mean, yeah. really invest there, over-invest there, in fact. Yeah. And what about um, the role of mental health? I mean, it's become so much 
more present in the conversation. Yeah. What's what's your take on it for you personally, for your your team as a whole? What's your what's your take? It's it was already a big topic. Now I think it's going to be probably one of the biggest trending topics of the next few years to be totally honest because who hasn't been impacted psychologically by what we've all just gone through. We've lost people um, to COVID. We've all been impacted in some way. And frankly, it's just confronting real deep, deep questions. Do I want to do this with my time? What are my priorities? You know, there's, this is a major reset for, for the, the, I don't know, the human race, if you will, at this moment. So I think two things on that. I think being, uh, creating spaces where people can be vulnerable about that. Instead, in, instead of pretending like, yep, everything's great. We're just back to normal. Like that, yeah. that's actually going to be a very dangerous, I think, behavior. And so creating a space to say, man, I've been struggling with this. Here's how, how have you been going? And, and, and that um, camaraderie, I think is really important. I think the other piece is um, thinking about, again, uh, people are going to prioritize their values um, and what they they need beyond work in order to do their best work. Yeah. And so there, I think, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to a mental health conversation that's that's fully integrated into how does how do industries, how does the corporate world, how does the gaming world create um, healthy environments for people to recover from what we've all gone through yeah. and to think differently about how we spend our time, whether or not a commute five days a week is healthy, like all of these things. Right. Uh, will convert into successful companies. And I think um, companies who may um, fall behind. What do you, what's your advice for leaders in terms of showing their own vulnerabilities, um, showing their own feelings? It's the new wave of leadership. If you ask me, I really yeah. believe that firmly. I, I find yeah. that there is going to be more of a prioritization on what does a leader bring in style in um people management in the ability to be real, as they say, and not this overly quantitative or metrics-based or acumen-based way of working solely. Of course, you need the resume. Of course, you need the chops. It's table stakes. Now, though, um, it's going to become more and more important that I can talk to you and say, Lisa, you know, like I had had a tough week this week. Here's why. How are you doing? And really go deeper into uh-huh. um, creating safe mental spaces for people to, f- to feel psychologically safe. Because when that happens, people from any background can bring their best selves to the party, right? That's why I'm such yeah. a, pa- I'm so passionate about this topic because it's not about some like soft over here thing and then let's get back to work. It's, it, it actually translates into over delivery on business results. Right. right. And so that's the, the new wave of leadership that I think people are going to, to really want and want to see more of. I totally agree. I think you're really hitting on something that that we're we're starting to see already. Um, so I'm going to ask you one last question, then we're going to go to one other audience question and we'll move along here. But so how do you how do you stay sane? What do you do outside of the daily grind? Two things. I try to do yoga every day. Good for you. Um, and I'm kind of a freak about it. And that started, <laughs> I, I used to love yoga and then I had kids and I didn't, I yeah. couldn't do it as much, but that did yeah. start during COVID. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, I need something here. 
Um, and so now I'm totally back in and I do it for the mental benefits, the psychological benefits, because I have such a huge job, both at yes. home and in the working world, that that's my time. And whether it's 15 minutes or whether it's an hour, that's huge. The other piece, um, which I've lifted up actually to, to, to peers here in the leadership team here at Activision Blizzard, because it's important to me, is I go outside. I mean, we're lucky to have really good weather here in LA, but I try to take some calls outside while I'm walking just to like be in nature, you know, just I, mm-hmm. I, I can get the work done. I don't need, we don't need Zoom, you know, 12 hours a day. So those two things have really kept me sane. Family dinners every night has nice. been a complete blessing, you know, Um but I would say those two um, are really, again, boundaries that I have set yeah. that are priorities and they need to happen at some point during the day. That's awesome. Yeah. I had, I love taking walks and I have a dog and that's, that's how yeah. I chill and uh, try and take a meeting or two also. It's great. Um, so a question from Bridget Fitzgibbon, sorry about that, Bridget. What, and, and this is Good, a good question because we're getting, I'm getting a lot of this. What are your recommendations for those who want to enter the sports industry? Uh, LinkedIn is a very powerful tool. I'll be totally honest. I think really activating, um, and I don't mean cold email everyone who mm-hmm. has a cool title, but you never know. And this is a platform that I think people are starting to really embrace. I certainly do. And I've met a tremendous amount of people just because they've they've reached out in a compelling way or they have somebody to vouch, right? Like, hey, I know Lisa, it would be great to get 15 minutes just informationally on your time. Every now and then, you know, you write a hundred of those, you get two, it starts to expand from there. So really focus on getting, you know, 10 minutes if you can, if you can't get a full hour with people and, and, and ask them who else could they talk to, who else could they refer you to? I think that's important. Um, and then the other thing that I would say, cause it also often gets lost in, in translation is I did not study anything vocational, first of all, at Harvard. I also did not study anything specific to sports. I was a comparative religion major and I Af- and I, I minored in Afro-American oh. studies, right? Um, I always knew I wanted to be in sports business, but my point is you, we, the sports industry is really the industry. You wanna be a fashion designer, there's a role for you. Be good at fashion design. You wanna be in sports, but you have a legal background. We need the best lawyers in the world. Um, in this industry. You love IT, you love engineering, you love art. Um, It doesn't have to be these traditional, I got to go get, again, the MBA, or I've got to get the sports management uh, degree. Certainly helps, but be great at the specific crafts that you want to make a dent in. Own that passion, and there's going to be a role for you in sports or esports or gaming. They're all converging at this moment. Um, So uh, I would say focus on what you really want to be known for. Um, and there will be sports related opportunities within that. That is such great advice. Um, thank you. Now, uh, just for the final takeaways, as we do at Ag Week, I'm going to ask you to share those. These are three uh, key takeaways that one, I just wanted to keep um, brief, but I put them in quotes because they actually come from different sources in my life. So they, they come from real sources, real people, real wells of wisdom. So the first being be where you are, right? Be present and certainly grateful for not just what you have in front of you, but who's in front of you, right? Like going back to my example of the consumer products role at the time, the ego in me maybe didn't realize how 
expansive that opportunity was going to be and how wonderful the people I got to work with were. Um, but when I was really present to it, it really hyperactivated my career growth. So really be present to what's in front of you. Um, getting in the arena actually came from Commissioner Roger Goodell um, in my goodbye discussion with him in his office. Um, I never thought I would do anything other than work at the NFL. So when I was you know, announcing that I was leaving, it was really um, important uh, wisdom that he shared, which is, look, these opportunities can become very overwhelming. Uh, whether you're the commissioner of an esports league, whether you're the commissioner of the NFL, whether you're a GM, um, don't overthink it, right? Just get in there. You're going to have a great day. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to get bruised. You're going to get battered. You get up, you try again. Okay. Right. And so that was really helpful for me. Get out of the head, just yeah. get into the arena. Um, and then lastly, Kumba is one of the seven um, principles of Kwanzaa, for those who don't know, but it's also the choir that I uh, spent a lot of time with at Harvard in my performing arts career. And the value, what Kumba really means, literally, um, from the Swahili is how can I leave a place better than I found it? Um, yeah. Ideally using creativity as the source in which to do that. And so this to me is more about coming into any opportunity thinking, what can I contribute? versus what can I take from it? What can I get from this? I think is a critically powerful um, way to think about opportunities and, and how you give to others, pour into an opportunity, say, how can I make this company better? How can I make this meeting better? How can I make this person who works for me thrive? Um, you'll find amazing uh, fulfillment that often comes back in that way. So those are my three. Those are amazing. And uh, I'm, I'm gonna be doing some screenshots for myself a little later. Uh, listen, Joanna, thank you so much for being on the show. I hope, you know, maybe we could come back because I'm not done talking. <laughs> like, I could keep <laughs> going with you, but I know you have a, you have a very cool job to get back to. So thank you. And thank we'll you. see you again. Thank you for listening to Adweek's Most Powerful Woman in Sports, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino executive produced by Chris Ahrens and edited by Lane McGibney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 